gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs. Join me every Friday with great guests from Collegiate Athletics and the professional world of sports. But joining me today is the Senior Associate Athletic Director and Senior Women Administrator at Seton Hall University. Please welcome to the show, Ms. Tatum Kolitz. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for coming on board and thank you for taking out some time to join us this afternoon and I know you're very busy there with the fall season starting and um, there's a lot of areas that you oversee and we'll get a little bit into when we get into the show a little bit as well but before we get started with the Q&A talk about your journey into collegiate athletics it's very interesting how you started out and how you got into collegiate athletics share with the audience and viewers please yeah, absolutely. And, and thank you again for the opportunity to speak on it. And collegiate athletics, I think, was always something in the back of my head that I always loved, but never really considered as a career path growing up. I'd been part of a family of coaches and educators. And so being a student athlete and going to college, being a dual sports student athlete, I was a swimmer and a water polo student athlete. I always loved being on a team. I loved being in that environment. I loved whatever role was given to me, whether that was being an upperclassman captain, being a mentor to my underclassmen teammates, helping tutor on the day to day. So when the chance came around in graduation, um, I'd studied education, I'd studied English, and I really didn't know what path I was going to take. I thought I had all these degrees, this area of focus, but I didn't have that traditional sport administration path or a business path, but I knew I liked people. I liked being part of systems of growth and a chance to be a graduate assistant popped up in collegiate athletics at my alma mater at Wagner College. And I dove right in. It was working in academics and compliance. So I got to work hand in hand with student athletes and it just became a passion that I didn't even know could be a career path. And I pulled from my student athlete experience. I pulled from my educational background of having been around so many great mentors and just taking advantage of opportunities. So working through the graduate assistantship, getting my master's, and then it was really about opportunities for me in this field of timing worked out. And if you work hard in the positions you're in, you hopefully have a chance to be recognized. And I had a chance to move into an assistant AD role shortly after um, working in student services then had a, a career pivot, came back to athletics, and it's all about timing. So was a senior woman administrator at Wagner, sports supervisor, and then a few years ago had the chance to interview here at Seton Hall and have been here for the past three years and, and loving it so far. Tatum, describe what athletics looks like at Seton Hall University. Athletics is, is a huge part of Seton Hall University. I think we have that blend of being a slightly smaller school compared to some of our peers, but we have that Big East tradition. We have that mentality of working hard, being gritty, uh, but also really giving an opportunity for our student athletes to be on the highest level and play and compete in every atmosphere of really having big time college athletics, but still that personalized factor of knowing your administrators, knowing your coaches, having that personal touch, which 
I love from my student athlete experience. And I really think aligns with what Seton Hall can offer and makes us a little bit different. If you um, begin to take a step up with your career, going from Wagner College up to Seton Hall University, and you talked about some of the areas you oversaw at Wagner. Talk about the area you oversee now, because I know it seems like you do a lot there at Seton Hall University. Yeah. So at Seton Hall, we've got a great staff and a great senior administration and at every level. So what I do at Seton Hall is a lot of compliance oversight, student athlete development and leadership development. I also work with a variety of our sports teams as a sport administrator, including women's basketball, women's soccer. I've had my hand in softball this semester, cross country and tennis in the past. So really working with our coaching staffs and working with our administrators to make sure that we're obviously staying compliant, but also achieving whatever those systems of growth are. If that's success on the field, on the court, whatever that arena is, and trying to be strategic and kind of be a coach of the coaches whenever possible. I'm sure you've been in a lot of job searches and participated in quite a few of them. Talk about what the recruiting and hiring process looks like at Seton Hall University. It's a huge part of what we do in college athletics because we're a business of people. And at the end of the day, being in college athletics is about serving our student athletes and having the best people in place to to be those mentors, to be those leaders. So whether it's a coaching position that we're hiring for or administrative or support staff position, we're trying to be really, really engaged throughout that process to get to know the person, not just what their level of experience has been, but who they are on the day to day. How do they work with their colleagues? What are they like um, when they're meeting with student athletes? What is authentic to them and their personality? Because I think at the end of the day, you can have the best accolades and the best resume. But what we try to do in the hiring process is get to know people as who they are and if they're going to be a good fit for our culture, if they're going to be a good fit to help our student athletes grow and achieve those new heights. So I think the hiring process is, yes, obviously being qualified and having the X's and O's of whatever the position is, is huge, but we also want to make sure that it's the right fit. And I, obviously that being your area of focus today is such a huge part of it. Well, I love it when I get my guests to finally say the right fit. Those (laughs) questions will lead you into it um, as well. Let's talk about some of the do's and don'ts when interviewing. It's very important because a lot of coaches and administrators actually listens and watch the show. But talk about your philosophy on some of the do's and don'ts that um, will help and not help someone during the interview process. There, There's just so many you could speak to. I think one of the most important do's when you're going through an interview process is do your research. And that could be as simple as researching the position and really understanding it. I can't speak highly enough to making a cover letter or an interview custom to the job and to the school, not just using a blanket template, um, but really knowing the position and the school that you're interviewing for and making sure going into that process that it's something that you align with. Because There's so many opportunities, the turnover in college athletics right now, especially in the past year in a post-COVID, current COVID era, the opportunities look different. So making sure during the interview process, you know what you're applying for, and it's one that aligns with your beliefs, with your culture, with your core values, that's a huge part of it. Um, And also really understanding what you bring to the table and what makes you stand out compared to someone else. And I think, as I spoke to you before, it's it's hard to come across who you are authentically as a person on a cover letter or on a resume. So recognizing that when you're applying for a job, try to have your personality shine through, try to make what makes you special stand out. And it's easier said than done, but not trying to do a rehearsed interview, but 
bring your full self to that space. And hopefully that aligns with the university and the position you're interviewing for. Give me some of some some of the don'ts, because a lot of times I get questions about um, what are the don'ts? You mentioned doing your research, not doing your research um, is not a good thing, you know, as well. Talk about some of the don'ts that you have experienced or witnessed, even though the candidate might was a good candidate, but said something or did something that was a no, no and hurt them in the interview process. It's a great question. And I think some of the easiest don'ts are are things that are in your control. So coming to the interview prepared, I know I talked about research before, but knowing the history of the position you're walking into, did this position exist previously? If it's a coaching position, what was their record like? What kind of schedule are they playing? What are some of the the headlines that you're seeing around the program? Is the culture in a good place? Um, And really doing as much research to know those pieces in and out and never assuming that your template for a job is one size fits all. And I've seen that in interviews where coaches have their standard um, boilerplate of this is what I believe for culture. This is my vision. This is what I execute. This is the, the offense I run, the schemes I run. At the end of the day, nothing is one size fits all in college athletics. You have to be able to adapt. So coming in and not being able to be nimble and not being able to have that flexible vision, I think is key. Um, and also to assume what the position had left previously. So again, whether it's administrative or coaching, really try to get a grasp of what you're walking into. Did this position exist before? What were the opportunities of that position? What worked? Because in some cases, you're walking into a great situation where things worked really well and you're looking to build, not necessarily change. So I think it's really being intentional in how you approach an interview and never assuming that you know everything about a position walking into it, but Take your time to do the research. And also, this is a secondary part, but dress the part for the interview that you're hoping to get. Um, You can never overdress for an interview. (laughs) Great advice. Um, We're going to take a commercial break, Tatum, and we'll be right back here on The Right Fit. The Right Fit podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile. All for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com. Welcome back to The Right Fit. I'm your host, Daryl Jacobs, and I'm with my guest today, Tatum Kolitz, um, Senior Women Administrator at Seton Hall University, as well as Senior Associate Athletic Director at Seton Hall University, and we're talking about all things right fit. Here's the question I really wanted to ask you. Um, What will make someone the right fit for Seton Hall athletics? A great question, and I think this is what we're trying to do on the day-to-day is find that right fit in whatever the position is. I think I've spoke to a little bit before. Seton Hall is unique, and I think part of what makes it unique and special is the people we have here. 
we've got a blend in athletics of people that have been here for decades of their career. We've got a cross country coach that's just finished his 50th year here as a head coach. Um, but we've got that blended with that excitement of new ideas and new staff. So the right fit here at Seton Hall is someone that can appreciate the history and the tradition of Seton Hall and also be ready to roll up their sleeves and really commit to pursuing a great culture, to pursuing excellence and the tradition of the Big East, but also the excitement of where we are as a university. I think Seton Hall is at a really exciting time in its history. We continue to bring in record-breaking classes academically um, as far as where our student-athletes and students are coming from. We're recruiting internationally. We're recruiting some of the top scholars, student-athletes across the country and our location also makes us really unique. So the right fit at Seton Hall is excited about that growth and that opportunity here and is also willing to kind of roll up their sleeves because we do like having that that New Jersey grit and that special touch that makes us a little different from some All of right. our Right, I like so, that. That's in New Jersey. Absolutely. That grit. Yeah. And your men's basketball coach echoed those sentiments um, during his run at St. Peter's and echoing the New York, New Jersey grit that is needed as well. And that was on full display um, during his run at St. Peter's during the NCAA tournament. Tatum, is there any suggestions you have for someone trying to navigate or network and get their foot in the door in collegiate athletics? It's such an interesting industry. And I, I say that because every industry, it's who you know, but I think in college athletics, it's who knows you sometimes. And I really believe that it's all about the work ethic and the attitude you display in whatever those areas are. So if you're trying to break in, if you were a student athlete, if you're student athlete adjacent, you've done event staff, you're you're interning, you're volunteering, bringing as much energy to those areas where you're around the collegiate athletic space, always saying yes and being able to help out. I think this is an industry, once you're in, there's so many opportunities to have connections and mentorship and, and growth but at the end of the day, you have to find your way in. So it's doing the extra things. It's making the connections. I find that when student athletes reach out to me or prospective um, candidates, if they're trying to break in, I'm happy to take a call with individuals and talk about career growth and opportunities. I think it's about being flexible. It's about being willing to bet on yourself and really being a team player of whatever your role is. If you're trying to get into this industry, there's no role or no job that's too small or beneath you, I think. That's a big thing here at Seton Hall. If we need an extra hand for a game day, we have 14 sports. We don't have a huge staff um, compared to some of our peers, but we're all willing to pitch in. And I think that mentality has to come through if you're trying to break in or if you're trying to stay in collegiate athletics, because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is to put on the best student athlete experience possible to elevate, to advance. And whether you're trying to break in or you've been in the industry 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, we're all hoping to get the same experience. So doing a little bit extra being willing to volunteer and help out, lend a hand, those things go a really long way. I want to talk about transferable skills. I'm, I'm going to pivot a little bit here because, as you know, this is a coach's show as well as administrative. So let's talk about transferable skills. You utilize your transferable skills to get into collegiate athletics. Talk about how someone that may not even have collegiate athletic experience background, you know, may want to come from another industry, whether it's sales, marketing, Talk about how those transferable skills can really help them. Because sometimes when I talk to people, I want to get in athletics and they might be in sales. They might be in advertising and they're intimidated that they don't have the sports background. Talk about that, how they can actually have those transferable skills to be utilized to get opportunity in athletics. I think it's huge. And I think 
collegiate athletics as we once knew it is changing and it's evolving and it's turning into something that is transferable in so many ways. The era of name image likeness, the era of Alston, the era of so many changes to the fabric of what we expect as traditional college athletics is different. So transferable skills, transferable industries, we need that more than ever. So I think it's an opportunity right now that it, especially in the area I work with in compliance, it looks so different in the past two years, whether it's been COVID waivers or changes, having people that can understand different industries and different transferable areas add a lot of value because we're trying to think differently in collegiate athletics and in thinking big picture and long-term. So whether it's marketing, um, being able to sell and pivot and being able to think of brand management and areas that we can grow in that space. If it's education and a pivot that I made um, from when I was a student athlete and some of the career growth and the changes that I pursued, you find what you do well and what you're passionate about. And I have no doubt that there's spaces in collegiate athletics and in the sports industry that you can find yourself a marketable candidate. It's just sitting down and really thinking, what have I done that could translate? If it's event management, whether it's an athletic competition or you're running an event for a nonprofit, so much of what we do on the day-to-day is transferable and it's just really evaluating where are you passionate, what do you think you can do well, and what do you bring to an organization that they might not currently have. Let's talk about mental health, particularly on the college campus there. You know, COVID came and as many um, like yourself that's in leadership position in collegiate athletics, that was a very trying time. And then, of course, the George Floyd issue a lot of things impacted collegiate athletics. And talk about that from a, a, a administrative point, um, how Seton Hall dealt with the COVID issue as well as the mental health part of it as well. Absolutely. And it's something that we continue to talk about. And I don't think there's a one size fits all solution. I don't think that there is an exact science to it, but it comes back to a few simple principles that we try to put here at Seton Hall. And it's to show our student athletes in our department that we care. And we've tried to do that in a lot of different ways. We have a great campus community. And whenever possible, we're trying to partner with things that our campus offers and to make sure our student athletes are aware of them. So that's working with our CAPS office. That's working on different grant opportunities. We had a great experience with the Dare to Care grant here at Seton Hall, which helped us establish some different partnerships. Um, This year, our student athletes all have access to being able to use some of those online uh, mental health resources. So we're trying to just continue to grow what we've offered in that space, whether it's mental health, whether it's in DE&I, and bring our students part of the conversation. We've got a lot of working groups here on campus. We tried to take the era of COVID to take a sit sit back and kind of evaluate. We had a climate survey that we're currently going through, trying to see where both our staff and our student athletes are and how are we serving them and how are we also providing some strategic resources because it's never exactly enough. And I think there's always a chance to build and do more. Um, But we're trying to be creative, strategic, partner as much with our campus folks and know that at the end of the day, we're hoping to meet those resources um, and just keep the conversation going because it is an ongoing dialogue Um, and something that we are very aware of and want to continue to grow and build and provide as much as we can. Someone um, say, ask her this question. Someone said, what does a senior women administrator do? I know what they do, but share with us, because different responsibilities on different campuses, of course, but share with us the baseline of what a senior women uh, administrator does. 
it's it is one of the biggest questions and topics. I think if you have this title and this tag, it's something that's often misconstrued, but something that in the roles I've had, the senior loan administrator has been a position where it's the highest ranking female position in athletic department. So it's a designation as opposed to a job position. So a senior woman administrator could be a different role, a different area that they oversee. On some campuses, it could be a coach. On some campuses, it could be marketing. Um, And a lot of the experiences that I've had, the senior woman administration position has been geared in compliance or student athlete development areas of academics. I think it really depends on your campus, but I've always kept the spirit of the senior woman administrator as someone that is always a resource, whether it's for female student athletes and staff to be someone to talk through any of their experiences, whether it's the day-to-day of the pressures of being a student athlete, whether it's having just an example of someone in a senior leadership position. And I think that's something that's really important in any role is representation. And this, though, designation is an important part of collegiate athletics in an industry that has been so male-dominated in so many eras in so many spaces, I think having just that seat at the table is key, no matter what area you oversee, whether it's external, internal, at the end of the day, you are providing a voice for an underrepresented group. And that's something that we need to continue to see growing in college athletics. Let's talk about compliance. Often tell people that's transitioning, get into compliance. You will always have a job in collegiate athletics, (laughs) if you can learn compliance. And some people are intimidated. Me as a former college head coach for over 20 years, I became an expert in compliance, of course. You have to know the gray areas. You have to know a lot of things, you know, as well pertaining to how important it is to be in compliant. And I believe compliance is the lifeline of any collegiate athletic program. Talk about how happy you are being in compliance, overseeing compliance, but really tell them, uh, talk about um, the role itself and how beneficial um, it is to collegiate athletics. I appreciate the the comments of it being the lifeblood. I I do think that it really is one of the few departments that touches every area. And I think that's where I've always viewed the compliance hat as one that's an opportunity because you really do deal with multiple units within an athletic department. You're dealing with student athletes, coaches, and staff on the recruiting front. So you're learning about their background as prospective student athletes, about their academic rigor, where they're from, if you need to explore waiver situations based on situations that they've gone through or transitioned high schools or reclassification. Um, On the campus side, compliance also works with external. You're working with camps, you're working with clinics, you're working with the business office, you're working with financial aid. There's so many intersections of a department that have touch points. And what I've always loved about compliance is the opportunity to grow, the opportunity to be flexible. Um, I had a background in English, so I think the waiver process is one that's very writing heavy. And I think it's, 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 it is a hundred percent a process that's always changing. And I think that's a way I've always liked to learn and grow is knowing that there is gray area out there and being able to explore and navigate and be supportive and finding the why and finding some answers that are not always clearly written in a bylaw, I think, is an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to build trust. And I just think compliance has 
those opportunities. It's a scary term for a lot of staff, whether it's coaches, whether it's um, donors, boosters, whatever those categories may be. But I've always viewed it as an opportunity. And if you have a chance to build those relationships across your constituents, whether that's with head coaches, whether that's with administrators, campus partners, there's so many parts that you're involved in. And I've loved having that exposure to so many different groups and doing our best work to try and build that relationship and really thinking of it more of a customer service mindset than just uh, the rules police. Well, you know, I always saw compliance. Some people view it as anti-athlete if they don't get their way and pro-athlete, you know, and having assisted in the compliance area as well. I know there's some things that a lot of people don't understand, but um, ultimately you're there for the student athletes and to serve the best interests of the athletic department. Before I get to the last question, let's talk about NIL. That's been a topic some of the coaches wanted me to ask someone in compliance, um, how to navigate it, what to do with it. You know, there's so many gray areas. Really, there's, there's nothing but gray areas right now, I think, you know, with it as well. How have you guys navigated with that process? It's been a whirlwind to say the least. And I think you could ask any coach, any compliance administrator, athletic director, the past year, especially since the interim policy went in place for the NCAA has been a whirlwind. There's really no other word for it. Um, We have gotten conflicting information from different sources. The NCAA is relatively hands-off for a variety of reasons, legal fears, um, and I think that has put us back on our campuses, whether it's Seton Hall or some of our campus peers in the Big East, where we're doing our best to navigate with very limited guidance. And that's the part that's tough, because when we're working with students or coaches or staff, we don't always have a clear answer for a question related to name image likeness. Every state has a different law. Some are provisional laws. Some are currently in place. Some don't have laws at all. So it's really created a tense dynamic because Usually we have a bylaw, we have a rule, we have an education component that we can go through and point to and say X, Y, and Z, this is black and white, here's the gray, let's navigate it. We don't have that with name image likeness and you're seeing different levels of it across the industry. Some are legitimate opportunities and great opportunities for student athletes to profit off of their name image likeness and we hope our student athletes continue to have those opportunities. The hard part is where it's being taken advantage of and Um, the conversation about what is seemingly pay for play and a couple of the provisions the NCA has said are not allowed. So here at Seton Hall, our focus is trying to be as much in the education space as possible, making sure our student athletes understand what their opportunities are and also what would put them in a tough situation. So we've partnered with some third parties. Um, We do have a compliance monitoring software for name image likeness. We are working with Compass right now, and we're continuing to evaluate. I think name image likeness is an opportunity at the end of the day, and it's a great advancement and evolution of college athletics and something that's long overdue in so many ways. But it's something that we've had to pivot and adjust and be flexible and nimble and I'm hopeful that we get to a point where there's a more national standard to level the playing field a bit and create some conversation that is universal. But right now we're in a space that is very reactive, which is not always what we like in college athletics. We like to be proactive. We like to have a plan. We like to know what's coming up. It's no different than having a game plan, but in NIL it's adjustment evolution and always educating. So working hand in hand with whether that's our legal department on campus working with our government officials in New Jersey to navigate the Fair Play Act and making sure that we're as ready to go with adjustments as possible. So 
work in progress is the best answer I can give you. Well, absolutely. And I believe um, the NCAA is waiting for Congress, but Congress is so busy dealing with other things right now. And um, and I really think they're waiting for Congress really to get involved. And that could be another two or three years down the road, um, yep. which is unfortunate as well. Here's my favorite question. My last question of the show, word association. I'll say a person, place, a thing. You say the first thing come to mind. Be mindful now. You you, you record it now. Don't, <laughs> don't incriminate yourself. No, I don't want you to be uncomfortable. But I like to do this so the listeners and viewers can get to know a little bit about you when we close the show. Wagner College. Um, opportunity, experience, family atmosphere, home. Collegiate athletics. Evolving, exciting. Um, there's nothing like it in the world. I think it's the best industry to have that true work-life integration. There's truly nothing like it. I agree. Family. Family's everything. I think family is both the unit you're brought into and the families you choose. I think that your team can be your family. Your department has elements of you bringing your family into that. Um, it should be at the backbone of your decisions and how you pursue and navigate life decisions. And finally, Seton Hall University. Seton Hall University is an outstanding institution, an athletic department that is continuing to grow, evolve a campus that has so much to offer. And I cannot wait to see it continue to build, grow um, and provide to the the campus surrounding the community, what we have to offer, especially here in athletics. I think our student athletes are some of the best. We've got great staff and it's going to be an exciting year to be a pirate and I'm all in. Go Pirates. Tatum Kolitz, thank you for joining me this afternoon. I want to thank the viewers for listening and tuning in as well. Join me next Friday with another great guest here on The Right Fit. Until then, please stay happy, stay safe, and have a wonderful weekend. The Right Fit Podcast is brought to you by Rising Coaches Search and Consulting. Tired of spending what seems like all of your time and budget filling coaching vacancies? Let Rising Coaches Search and Consulting handle your next coaching search. Our process is simple. We identify, vet, and recruit a talented and diverse group of professionals that fits your institution's profile all for a low price that we guarantee will beat our competitions. Plus, all of your searches will be handled by former coaches, meaning we will get the best possible insight on all of your candidates, and you'll get the perspective that only a former coach could provide. For testimonials, a full client list, or more information, please visit risingcoaches.com.